Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. At the end of Gary Marshall's autobiography, he has 13 tips for actors. We're going to discuss them today. Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Spielberg, Eastwood, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Really? Really. Uh, a very strange topic on in here, but let's talk, let's move to what we know. Let's talk about my clothes. This is because of a teacher audition today, and we've all talked about how this is very teachery. But I do want to discuss... Very professory. Professory, but this was actually a teacher teacher, like an elementary school teacher. But oh, he's yeah, supposed to be right. a little, um, a little pompous. So I thought this was a little pompous, you know. I don't typically pick my clothes to be pompous, but I understand what no, you're going No, but when they for. said that, I went for this, and, and I was going to do this or a sweater vest, and a lot of guys were wearing a sweater vest. Mm. Um, that was today for an audition? Yeah. What was it for? Uh, like, what kind of thing? Uh, it's a uh, kids sitcom. Kids sitcom. Kids sitcom. Um, but I did want to discuss something. And one, th- I forgot my belt. When I went to this audition, and I had a tucked-in shirt, no belt, and I thought, this is pretty bad. And then I saw several guys like that. And then in the street and in the mall later on, I saw many guys with a tucked-in shirt and no belt. Is the no belt thing a thing? Hmm, I think you're going to have to ask our uh, Mr. Funtabulous. I'm going to introduce you first. Our producer, Mr. Funtabulous, Jeff Graham. Jeff Graham, weigh in on this, please. Um, Thrilled to be here, guys. The no belt thing is... Interesting question. Here's what I'll say. I had a very short period of my life where I was working with a ton of British people. Okay. And many British men tuck with no belt. That feels like a very European thing to me. Interesting. Was this and when you were working on a cruise? This is when I was working on a cruise. Okay. And, yeah. uh, and the French tuck is obviously big because of queer eye. Yes. But that's only, the, that's only the front. No, no, no. I know. But I'm saying I'm just Euro, trying to be clear, though. Right. But Euro is moving over here. That's why maybe it's permeating our society at this time that's true tan is very hot right now tan's very hot he doesn't talk about tucking with no belt but i just i thought i guess i'm not as stressed if i forget my belt anymore and now i'm, I'm so but feel okay. what you've done is you put me in a position where either i agree with you or i stress you out no neither one neither one i'm just curious what you think i prefer belt. But that's because, and I'm going to go hard, you're old school Boston East Coast. Yes, yes. I have a belt preference. Yeah. And I think, but you know what? The person I should really ask is my girlfriend. Yeah, that's the only person that matters. That's the only person that really matters. And if she really doesn't like it. First casting director, second girlfriend. There you go. Yeah. Or her life. And this beautiful opinion is my beautiful co host. Yeah. Miss Phenomenal, Roxy Stryer. I said, yeah, it was so weird. Beautiful opinion, beautiful coast. Yeah. Am I allowed to say you're beautiful? I don't know. We talk about it at the network sometimes. Where we lie on that, Jeff? My girlfriend, uh, my girlfriend is in HR, and she, you 
you know. She teeter totters on it. Uh, well, she says it depends on your relationship, how long you know each well, other. I think you if to it me, was day one, definitely right, not at this point. One. And then also, you called my opinion beautiful too, which was really sweet. Well, I forgot that that I said that. Didn't Can you I say take that? that back? Did no, I just hear I it in know. my head? I don't know. Maybe you said it on your head. it so far, Sean. So I have been talking so much about the autobiographies that I'm listening to right now. I'm listening to Dick Van Dyke. And cool. I just listened to Gary Marshall. Now, what are you using? Audible? Audible, yeah. And are you paying that $14 a month? I did that, but I racked up so many that I just went through and downloaded a bunch, and I'm almost done my library right okay. now, are the ones that I was going to use. Because I love Audible, but I find myself spending so much money. You, the fourteen ninety five was really good. I liked it. Yeah, but I, okay. But I mean, I can knock out two books a month, which is great. Mm. You know, it's mm-hmm. really fun. Um, but people, uh, Gary Marshall, My Generation, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy. Uh, older, maybe Roxy's Generation, Princess Diaries, mm-hmm. um, Pretty Woman, um, Princess Diaries you, 2. But Pretty Woman, I feel like those, what, you didn't Valentine's Day. Yeah, I watched them because I had my, – my daughters loved them. We didn't take them to a theater. Pretty Woman? Them, your we, do- your no, young no, no, no. Do- not okay. Pretty Woman. No, no, no. Pretty Woman falls in a weird range, but it's kind of that timeless classic yeah. movie almost. Jeff, what's your go-to Gary Marshall? Film or TV show? Probably Princess um, Diaries. Do you uh, like the abbreviation? Yeah, no, you seem, you seem so ashamed. Princess. You seem so ashamed. Listen, to me, his best work – Hands down is uh, The Odd Couple. Unbelievable. Mm. Like, so good. I feel like, you know, Jack Klugman and, uh, wait, who was it? Jack Klugman and, uh, not who was in the movie? I'm, I, I'm not sure. Anybody? Anybody? My team, no. Oh, my God. He's, Jeff he's, has a computer, so he's. Jeff, Jack Klugman. Uh, no, not a Jack Klugman. Uh, Walter Matthau and uh, Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. That's Lemon. why I was saying Jack. Oh, I was, I was Jack stuck Klugman. on the Jack, and it was stuck. So those two, are obviously wow. amazing. But Jack Klugman and Tony Randall, unbelievable. Like I would argue, just as good or possibly even better as the Odd Couple. Unbelievable. But uh, so big influencer on TV in the seventies, then moved into film and had. 20, 30 years in movies. Uh, broke Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Broke Anne Hathaway in Princess Diaries. Uh, so you know his work. I know you know his work. So at the very end of his autobiography, and he's got a... I talked about him last week, with uh, or the last show we did with Danny. Like, was I going to continue this? Because he talks such a huge accent, and he'd always say, they ask me, how do I become a star? And I say, I don't know how you become a star. And I was like, what is he saying, a star? But he said, but I have 13 tips. And I want to discuss them and see how, you know, they worked for me. Do we agree with them? Stuff we've talked about on the show, you know, and and really kind of flesh them out. Uh, So we're going to talk about those. And then at the very end, I'm going to talk about, I talked a little bit about it with Danny working with uh, Gary on Never Been Kissed. And as a bonus, because he did Happy Days, when I met Henry Winkler. And then I'll tell you about when I met Henry Winkler. Pound that. I don't know why I just did that. I've never done that on this podcast. It was actually kind of cool and smooth, and then you called it out. I should have just, just let, it, let go. it go. Yeah, yeah let it go. Pa- I should have. Yeah, I should have. Pound that. Never we both it. met Henry Winkler. Pound, pound that. that. Pound Move that. Move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, she's my podcast mentor, and I just made a podcast 
faux pas faux podcast. Yes, a faux podcast. We love it. Write that down. Mr. Fantabulous, we're going to get rich. Trademark? Copyright? Trademark, copyright. I, I, I'm still confused on which is which. All right. So that's what's happening today. But before we get into it, we always talk about Sean's week. It's the post-Thanksgiving Sean's week. Ready? So should we do it like we have turkeys in our belly? Maybe a full, like a, a full belly. Like a full, like we're full. Almost like we, Santa's coming, very quite but also satisfied. Yeah. yeah, it could be a little okay. pre-Santa mm-hmm. full. Ready? One, two, three. Sean's week. I think it was really good. That was was pretty good. good. But everything we said it should be, it it was. was. It totally was. And more. All right. So this week, uh, really Uh, kind of funny that I never talk about in my Sean's week. A lot of juggling of scheduling for this actual podcast. Ooh, got some cool guests coming in for us. Well, no, I mean it's always in there, but this time I've had several people go. I three people said I can come December eleventh. And now I had to juggle and shift and stuff like that. So that was crazy. But we've got two very big casting directors, Scott Boland, Victoria Burroughs, coming in next week. Very cool. It's going to be very exciting. Look them up and get your questions ready. Um, also, oh, yeah, I had, I'll, I'll be in the – for that, I'll try to be in the live chat too so we can get live awesome. questions for the show, uh, which, guys, is on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Yes. Yes, I did just click on my phone to know what time it is. There you go. That's it's okay. It's been one of those. And then the auditions, I've had a a very kind of serious one, a very serious dramatic one. I did – you know, cleared my day on Monday and really did that work. And then, What kind of thing? It was a pilot for a dystopian kind of area where New York is in the future, but it's, you know, uh, it's kind of like Escape from New York-ish almost. Like it's, and I played like a sleazy, um, a sleazy dealer of goods hmm. and, you know, kind of taking advantage of people and a scumbag and stuff like that. So, Is it typical for you to be auditioning for pilots during this time? Yeah. It starts. It starts. And a lot of times you what you want to do for a guy like me, because I have everyone knows me, but I haven't done a lot of TV testing, stuff like that. They I want to get a guest star. That's what I want to do, because I know if I can get in there and do a good job, I'll recur. And that's what happened on Superstore. I had just a couple lines in the first scene and then. It grew yeah, to like several. That. Yeah, so I, that's what I like to do. Uh, so, and then one today, which was fun, kid show. But man, I am at that level. And I've talked about this before. The guys that walked in are all, you know, there's an Indian character actor. I forget his name, but like I knew everybody's face. I knew everybody, and they're all excellent. And you look at this part, and you go, any one of these guys could do this, and they're all excellent. So it's kind of weird. There was a spell where I was working with a lot of people that just weren't as seasoned as me didn't have the instincts as me but now i'm every audition i go in they're all excellent they're all excellent they're just different so it's you, you like kind, that or does that make you frustrated? it makes it harder yeah. because it mean you know yeah but uh, then you know if you don't get the job you got you lost it out to somebody excellent. Ex- exactly but the other thing is it was it was always kind of fun to sit out there and you hear someone suck in the room because <laughs> then you're like oh i'm gonna blow them away and that was always fun um and <laughs> Here was a really good lesson. Sean's evil side. My evil (laughs) side. Uh, The other day when I was in my audition, the drama audition, the woman finished um, the scene. She goes, okay, let's do it again. Notes. And I I said, okay. And and then I I started the scene. I I stopped immediately and go, wait, wait, wait. Did you say you had notes? Because I didn't get them. She goes, no, no, no. I said, I have no notes. And I went, oh, okay. And then we went again. No big deal, guys. 
No big deal. I thought she said she had notes and she didn't give them to me. So I stopped it and did it. I didn't go, hey, you you said you had, or I didn't. Why did you start the scene without? Uh, I, she just started rolling and I went, oh. uh, and I just knew that that was wrong. That I should go, I think she said she had notes and she didn't give them. So I, I didn't really like go into a few lines. Do they often give you no notes and ask you to do the scene again? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes you listen. You never know what you're going to get. There's no often anything. You know what I mean. Everything's so different. Mm-hmm. But she said, um, she said no, and I said anything different. Anything different? Or no, I said anything different. She said no, no, no. Just try something different. And then she stopped for a second. So when and I've told you this guys before on the audition show, she paused for just a second. And I go, do you want it more snarky? I just threw anything out, and she goes, no, not more snarky, more. Th- threatening whenever you see a window try to dive in and get her to be more specific because then you know what she's then you know a good and then i had a really good variance and she said great and that was it was excellent so and guys were in there a long time it it makes me feel good because i'm getting in and out and they're saying you're really good job but then the guys that are in there a long time i go man maybe they're getting a better thing but all the casting directors I talked to said no. It's really but good Sean, because you're about nailing all the it. Times you've been cast though, yeah. every time you were cast, were you in there a really long time? No, so not usually it doesn't yeah. make a doesn't make sense. But but listen, it's great because I I feel like yeah, I'm doing a good job. You know, I'm doing the right thing. They don't have to adjust me. They go, oh, he, he gets it. He understands it. He knows. He knows how he feels about all of this. I so. mean, being my good. acting coach, I watch you break down material, and I'm like, wow, did not I did not see that. Yeah, so yeah. you're very, very quick with this. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I have to just trust that and have fun with it, which I do. It's just weird. You know, you go, you, these guys are in there for 20 minutes, and then I go in for 10 or 5. And I'm going, no, I have no notes. It was great. <laughs> and you go, wow, that's weird. Um, and now before we jump into Gary's acting tips uh, – uh, Roxy has some stuff to tell us about After Buzz and how uh, this is the worst. Tra- this is it's actually so good. the Ready, worst. Guys, transition. we'll we'll try it again. Okay, Sean, let me do it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. Go ahead, let's let's build one. Okay, so um, my day was lovely, and I'm so happy to hear your story about yeah. uh, your auditions. Congratulations, you've had so many recently. Yeah, I have had, and I'd love for more people to hear about my auditions and things that we do on the show. Roxy, can you tell them how we can do that? Absolutely, I can, Sean. First of all. <laughs> Wherever you are, guys, right now, know that we are available via audio. We also are on video. Rate, comment, subscribe on iTunes, on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, all the amazing places. And we love those comments because we want to hear what you guys have to say. That's how we actually pick our shows, based on what you guys are saying. We have some amazing comments that Uh came through this past week. I don't know whether people were feeling extra generous because it was the holidays or what. But every week we do read your iTunes reviews on the show, also your YouTube comments. So keep those coming in. This first one from Monday is coming from JH of Zero One. Sean, I asked if you knew who that person was. Like, that was a name. Whoever you are, JH, thank you for this. Five stars they gave us, because really that's the only amount of stars there are. And Fantastic Advice and Info is the title of this. Wow. JH said, I look forward to listening to this podcast every day. Or once a week, but maybe they're catching up. Nice. I am preparing to take my first acting class, and I feel more prepared with some uh, with a bit of a foundation now that I have listened to this podcast and read some of the suggested books. So they're really going to like this one today. Nice. Funny and easygoing, Roxy and Sean make a great team. Thanks for the extra dose of motivation as I pursue my new adventure. That's so cool. How awesome is that? That is amazing. That's like everything we want. Go, J.H. Exactly. Um, And F you, Jeff, because they didn't mention you. 
<laughs> on to this one, uh, which came right before Thanksgiving from Brooke Craven. Thank you, Brooke Craven, who gave us five stars and titled it Awesome Podcast with two exclamation points. Wow. Thank you, Brooke. She says, Sean, host of Acting Class Weekly Podcast, highlights all aspects of performance arts, acting, and more in this can't-miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Really appreciate wow. that, Brooke. So if you guys want to be cool like JH and Brooke, don't forget to leave a comment. Again, five-star, subscribe, thumbs up, wherever you are. We really appreciate it. And we'll have more for you next week. Very humbled. Very humbled. But listen, the goal was by our founder, Kevin Undergaro, to say, let's reach out to people who don't have the access. And obviously, JH or whatever. We, yeah. We were reaching him, which is great. And so we are – it's nice to have a goal and, and – Actually nailing it a little bit. So that's, that's really – Nail it. All right. Let's so jump hip. into Gary Marshall. He had a long book, talks about his whole life, his career. I'm going to do a podcast about the autobiographies I read and the main things I took from them. But this one at the very end, he just very quickly – and I thought, oh, this is great. He, he said 13 advice uh, tips for actors. Um, and we're just going to see – digest them if – I did them, did we talk about them on this show, and discuss them openly. The first one, very simple. He says, go to school. Study acting. He himself kind of was studied by his mom. His mom was taught tap in the basement of his Brooklyn apartment and would put on shows and sketch shows and tap shows. And and he and then she said, I need a drummer. She taught him how to play drums. Uh, she just really, really, um, through hands-on, he just got a schooling on show business and writing sketches, and then he just kept going and going and going. So, But he said, it will prepare you for the business you've chosen. Now, I misheard it when the first time. I thought, well, the business part of it, but that's not what he meant. He just said... So when you get an audition, you know how to do it and know yeah, how to break it Yeah, not the business. It, the, yeah, just that's what I the thought. Industry yeah, that the industry The industry that you get. In. So, and we've talked about on this show, we've talked about the importance of studying. So, and, Sean, you said you would answer if you have. So, obviously, you did. Yes. You were Groundlings, UCLA. Ground, groundlings, UCLA for a semester. Uh, groundlings for, wait, I started in 87. Uh, for three and a half, four years, including the Sunday show, and then Playhouse West for another three after that. So I did about seven, eight years of studying. And, I mean, some of that was overlapping when I started working, but I was I studied for like seven years. So, yes, I did do that. Number two, really interesting, the, the why of this. This is what I like, the why. He said, do a play. Now, a lot of people say this. Uh, John Lithgow, Alec Baldwin. Did they he say, say be in a play, play or do? Do a play. Uh, he said do a play. He meant be in a play. Okay. Be part of a play. And here, this is why. So producers and directors can see a fuller range of your work as opposed to just a 10-minute read for an audition in a specific role. So let's say you have a specific role of the tough guy. Well, if we saw a play of you in the tough guy and the tough guy starts really harsh and then slowly becomes nicer a la on the waterfront, you know, uh, 
we get a much fuller range than a couple of scenes. And he just – and believe me, all these autobiographies talk about theater and how important it is. So try to do plays. It's the – because you have to do the full scope as opposed to film where you do little pieces at a time. I also think that, or at least for me, doing plays really helped me with the – the fact that now when you don't have to repeat the same thing every single night for so many, it feels like yeah. different, fresh, helps you right. learn lines. You have to learn in such a different kind of way. Also, I'm be- when you do theater growing up, at least, you're all hands-on. You now yeah. know how to build sets and about lighting and about hitting yeah. your mark and and how to communicate with people. So yeah. I think it does a lot for the training side as well. So even if it's not just about being seen, like if you're not in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. wherever you are, I think doing a play it's can just help good. with this. Yeah, it is. I remember when we did uh, Psyche on Vine for nine months, where one of the nights that we actually got to know each other better, it was, I mean, there were nights that I felt completely off that the audience hated it but then they gave us a standing ovation or the crowd loved it and then there was like a smattering of applaud at the, like it was just always so so different and the adjustment and the life of it had always changed over nine months so I, I did love doing that play and, and it really listened to all these autobiographies over the last several months and like ooh I gotta go do a play soon but I'm doing my movie so I can't right now um, but yes I agree with them do theater that definitely do theater. Now, this one he just said all by himself, nothing to clarify or no subtext after it. He just said, it is just as hard being a working actor as it is being a star. So that's interesting because that's you said all he 13 says, by the tips. Way. Yeah. What is the tip here? That, that, just to know that? So we're going to know that? Just to let you – yes, just to know the knowledge of that. And I think what he's saying is don't worry about being a star – just worry about working. That's kind of what I get. Mr. Fontalis, any takes on that? I I like your take. I think that's, you know, I, you listen to it, but my... That's literally what he said verbatim. I, Nothing else. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, I just, I think I agree with Sean on this one. I actually kind of get the opposite. Okay. I feel like what he means is it's just as hard being a star as it is being a working actor. So why worry about being a star? No, no. What I'm get, what I think is a lot of people think the bigger you make it, the easier it is. Oh, and I feel like what he's saying is the work never ends. It's you're always star, not like the job doesn't get easier the more you're booking. Right, the job gets is as hard. No matter but how just, big a star but, you are. But a different shape. When I listened yeah, to just Alec, shape. But Alec Baldwin's was when he talked about being a star, as he got bigger, he got into more studio politics and a bunch of, you know, shifting and back talking and business people shaking his hand and stabbing in the back and stuff like that. That's stuff that stars have to deal, deal with. with. Right. But so, a working act, I see what you're I saying. I think he's saying, like, it, I think it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. The work never ends. Yeah. The work never ends. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Number four. Now, I love this one. And, and Roxy will know I love this. Getting an agent isn't as important as meeting people yourself at social functions. He says, you know, a synagogue, a party, a premiere. Does he specifically say a synagogue? He does. I like it. He does. Uh, And uh, my story with that is he had a weekly pickup game. He played with a guy one time and they got along so well, Hector Elizondo. 
And if you know Gary Marshall's movies, Hector Elizondo is in every single one. The manager of the hotel in Pretty Woman, the uh, chauffeur driver in Princess Diaries 1 and 2 that ends up with Julie Andrews. He's in all of his film, and that was due to a basketball pickup game. So uh, I know my friend Sam Lloyd. He's the same thing, a guy from Scrubs uh, who we mentioned before. He also uh, met some TV producers and got a series from playing basketball. People, Gary Goldman, he played with Gary Goldman. Another Gary playing basketball. This is the Kevin Smith, Adam Sandler rule of thought. Which is? The people that you're friends with that you socialize with are the people you want to work with. Right. Or what you talked about, I think it was Tina Fey who says people that you want to yeah, see, see in the hallway at 3 in the morning. It's the people that you socialize with that you choose to be with, not the people that you have to work with. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically talking, go and listen to my episode about networking. We talk specifically about this. And ironically, and I probably should have said this for my Sean's week. Uh, a Do you want little... us to sing it again? No. Okay. How about just week? Yeah, okay. Turkey One, still? two, three. Week. That's pretty it, good. Uh, the only sad part is it sounds like we're saying like – Like you're weak? You're weak. You're like someone's like a put down. But so it's okay. Should we have said short. strong? Well, no. It just no, no, the word weak yeah. can be misconstrued. Yeah. But, I, but I'm going to stick with it and move on. Okay. Like the pound. So uh, a guy I went to <laughs> lunch with. Did you move with, on from the pound? No. It still yeah, weighs but... on me. You can see it weighing on me, can't you? Yeah. Uh, this, uh, I will call him Josh. I'm not going to give his last name necessarily right now. But we met at the premiere of Three from Hell, the Rob Zombie movie I did. We had a great conversation. He gave me his card. We reached out back and forth, you know, around the holidays. We had to shift a couple times because I had an audition and then he had a script due. And But we just met yesterday in Sherman Oaks for a nice lunch, really got to know each other and he would love to work with me. He wants to come to my sketch show. He's probably going to come and talk to my students because he's been a writer because my sketch class is about writing. Networking. Awesome. Networking. Yeah. And someone I met at a premiere but made an impression on. And that's what you do. That's what he's saying. I think this goes for all areas of the industry. Any industry you're I, in. I, I would say any industry, period. Yeah. Pro- I mean, it can't hurt. I I go to San Diego Comic-Con every year mm-hmm. without fail, and everybody always makes fun of me. Like, why do you work so hard to go there? Like, I, I plan my whole life around making Never it there. Never been, and, and people tell me I'm an idiot. But I say, it books me my jobs for the entire following year. Yeah. Because I am everywhere. I go. Right. I stop by every NBC, FX, I gotta come Rotten Tomatoes. I stop by every single party. Hey, how are you? Good to see show face. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're casting the thing. Roxy, you'd be perfect for that. Like, literally, without fail, I book my entire year's work at Comic-Con. I mean, it's a slight exaggeration, but a lot of it comes from there. So I don't miss it because it's fun and great. Yep, it's great. And this goes to my 10%, 90%. The agent is only 10%. They're looking for jobs and trying to connect you. The 90% is you meeting people. So then you can call your agent and go, hey, give them a call. I met them at that party. I'd be right for this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. Number five. This is another one-liner. No, no words after this. He just said, small parts don't make you a star but give you experience for your next job. If And I didn't write this, but he said, if there is one. But interesting, right? Small parts don't make you a star but give you experience for your next job. Meaning, I think what he's saying is don't take – don't 
Don't take a small part and think, well, they're going to love me or whatever. Know what it is. Know how it fits in the long-term plan. Mm -hmm. That it's going to give you experience. It's going to, you know, you're going to learn something. You're going to learn something from doing a small part. I would push back on this a little bit because I think how many times has somebody be been in a movie for under five minutes and they you walk out of the movie and you'll remember that person yeah and like that's what i mean think about the girl from mean girls who's like sunshine and rainbows and they're like she doesn't even go here like yeah yeah yeah. she's in fucking two seconds of the movie yeah like it it is so memorable i think that it might not make you a household name right that may not make her a star she may not be you know sought after by every Hollywood mogul. It sure makes you a bigger star than you were prior to taking it. Exactly. So, but, yeah, I hear what he's saying, saying, but it, I don't know. It could. It, it, Margot Robbie never wasn't in that much of uh, hey. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, it's true. She was in some but, of it. But not, it's not that small of a No, part. it's not she that small. She played a big girlfriend. She, I would say it made her kind of a star. Yeah, but I would, yeah, it's I, not a small but part. I would not call that yeah, a small okay. part. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Number six, again, another one that I will say is amazing because I did a whole episode on this. Give yourself a time limit to try to be a working actor. Listen to my podcast, The Two-Year Plan. It's exactly what this is about. Dive in, give it a, and then evaluate after the two years. He said, if you only get a few credits after those two years, can't make a living, then go home and teach acting with your experience. People need someone who's actually gone and tried it and had experience. Even kids, and he said this, it may even be more rewarding than having a career. Depends on the person, but it could be even more rewarding. Because then you're affecting so many lives instead of the struggle of just trying to get seen. Do you feel like, though, Sean, sometimes it takes as long as it takes and the people who make it are the ones who hang in? I think, the yeah, absolutely. So, Jen, Jenna Fisher came out with four people from her group. Most of them left after three, four years. She didn't start working for six years and then got the office after eight. But if she had given herself a two-year time limit? And- no, but she also, after two years, she had made progress. Okay, so you're, you, you're checking. But he to says do. if you only get a few credits, I would say a few credits is progress. Yeah. So, so, but I'm saying you just have to know whatever progress means to you. Yeah. She got an agent, then she got some commercials, then she got her SAG card. There was things that were happening. Yeah. That, that kept her faith, you know, rooted in something. Yeah. The big real. difference I see with the way you framed it, Sean, was mm-hmm. give yourself two years, then evaluate yourself. Right. Evaluate yeah, your that. personal happiness. I feel like Gary Marshall's is more give yourself two years, and if you're not booking, you're not good like i read his differently than i read yours yeah i think his is a little harsher but mine said two years his might say five or six do you know what i mean i don't know yeah but i to to me his is a little old school without reassessing time limits are are kind of arbitrary like and also things are constantly changing in the industry so like your two years might in a few years be three years might be like whatever it is and the option to reassess he's probably being a little old school and like, you know, but there's if, too many. There's maybe a point to that too, though, because if you're going to listen to that advice, if you're going to be like, okay, I read one book, it was Gary Marshall's, he told me to give, give myself five years. five years, and if it doesn't work, go home. If you're the kind of person who goes home after that, then probably you were going to go home anyway. Yeah, That's I agree true. with that. That's a good point. Really good point. Because to me, the best actors are the ones who have no other choice. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, true. if I have to do, I'm staying no matter. Do. So, yeah. I, so it's very good, very interesting yeah. one, right? Number eight, 
that I've said this, create in my episode, create your own contact. Number eight, make a video with your friends and post it online. Someone might see it and pass it on to someone else. So this is the opposite of old school. Yeah, this, this is, is the opposite. School. Very new school for Gary. I will say it was phrased a little old school, though. Can you read it the was, way he phrased it again? He said, make a video with your <laughs> friends and post it on the internet. On the internet. Someone yeah. may see it and pass it on. Someone. So yeah, know. someone. But I do agree with him. Yeah, he does. It's uh, guys. Listen to my episodes of Create Your Own Contact. I think we did a couple, few of those. To come out here and leave without ever, ever having posting something yourself, it, insane. insane, insane, insane. This is what you have that I didn't have. Yes, we got paid money, and and there was it was easier to get work when you were in a certain place. But anybody we can never, be seen. Never, we can never had the opportunity. To make a film, you'd have to buy film shorts. These are little pieces of film. It was like twenty grand. You 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 could not make a short film for under twenty grand. No way, because you had to buy the stock yeah. footage. So, all right, uh, don't spend a ton of money. Uh, this is number nine. Don't spend a ton of money getting headshots. Spend that money going to film festivals, as you may meet the right person and get an audition. So isn't really that interesting? interesting. It's 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 an expansion to me. I feel like it's kind of the same as, as social networking. networking. Yeah, I think that for sure this is two different parts. Right. Don't spend a lot of money getting head headshots and go to film festivals. Right. Because different people organize their money different ways. Right. But for me, the don't spend a ton of money on your headshots is one hundred percent true. I came out here and could not yes. have dropped more money on my headshots. I had no plans on audition. I had no auditions. I had nowhere that I was going. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I, the first step is I got to get some headshots. Yeah, spent maybe like eight hundred dollars on yep. headshots. Crazy. I never sent those headshots to one person, right? Because then I was like, wait, how do I? What do yeah. I do with these? Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even. So that, I just heard that's what you were you supposed do. to do. Yeah, crazy. So stupid. Crazy. Spent like every single. Wasn't eating for a month. Like, yeah, it was, but I love the idea of the film festival angle. So what that's a the great part. angle. Yeah, I really to like that go too. And meet people, and you know, be go up to a director after you saw a block of shorts and pick. And you, again, I, in my networking episode, please listen to what I say. Don't be phony. Let's say there's five shorts that you saw in a block, and you liked three of them. Then go talk to those three directors. You know what I mean? You can see the other people and say, hey, you know, nice job or say hello. But talk to the people that actually you connect with yeah. uh, watching their work and I would, meet people. And then, of course, the parties and the red carpets. Definitely meet people. I would probably say if you're if you're brand new, you're going to want to go to some smaller film festivals. Yes. Like you're not going to want to make yourself go to Cannes for Yes. Film festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're talking about talk to? yeah, smaller film festivals. Absolutely, check we're out not what their talking local about film Sundance festival. necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number ten: Do all forms of short films, videos, music vid- videos, commercials. He says documentaries. All of them can help. He said, "Don't do anything that grosses you out." Now, pornography. He didn't say that necessarily. I think he said. I think he does say X-rated or something like that. Um, but he says don't do that. Or he yeah, says, he don't said do don't, it if it don't do it if out. it grosses you out. Because there's been porn stars that actually, you know, ones that get into John Waters movies and stuff like that. So it, it has happened. Sasha very Gray. rare. Sasha Gray, oh, right? Yeah. She uh, and um, yeah, do all those kind of things. Dick Van Dyke was seen doing a very small TV segment. Uh, by, gosh, who was it that saw him? Oh, Carl Reiner. 
And then years later, he saw he was on stage and he said, I was in the right place at the right time. He was in the original Bye Bye Birdie. He had the very famous song, uh, Put on a Happy Face. By the way, Dick Van Dyke, not a trained dancer at all. Really? Nope. Huh. Nope. Was just taught with choreography over time. Just he had, he could obviously had an instinct Rhythm, for yeah. it Im- immediately. But he was seen in the small thing, thought of later. They said, oh, where is he now? Oh, he's on Broadway. They went, and that's how he got the Dick Van Dyke show, Damn. Carl Reiner. And he See, was, so you're being seen. What, what, what he's saying is be seen, be seen. I talked about that in Jenna Fisher's book, be seen. It's kind of a, again, this is kind of the internet one, right? A little bit, but he's kind saying of, do it all. all. All different ways, because also then you're going to Don't experience. be snobby about it. And Don't be snobby. you might find out you like something you didn't know you liked. Like maybe you're on a music video set and you're like, this is really cool. I want to go into that area. And you never yeah. thought about it. I just want people at home to know this, though. It's the most important part of the show so far. Sean made a rundown for this show that says on here, pornography question mark dick van dyke story (laughs) which i was like what the hell is he about to tell me that is so funny that i was ready for some tea to be dropped yes no no dick van dyke tea all right number seven i I actually skipped this one i went out of order this is an odd one to me relatives connections and romances won't make you a star talent and showcasing will and then he pauses and says Extra work will not hurt when starting out. Do those match up? They seem a little off to me. I think what he's saying is, like, even if you get the gig through a connection, through a relative, through a romance, you still should work your butt off when you start because the other things aren't going to help you. Yeah, if you're known as the director's girlfriend or the director's boyfriend— that's not that's not enough. Yeah, so like you should still do that extra work, yes, even you if you still already gotta got to put in the, the time. Yeah, but uh, but it is definitely seems like a non sequitur. What the extra work, right? Yeah, then the extra. And we talked about, and it's not extra work, by the way. It's background acting. Which we had our guy oh, in here. The, I thought he was saying extra, like if you work are working extra hard. You're thinking he's saying background extra, yeah, yeah, extra yeah. work. Yeah, oh. background will not hurt when you're starting out. Hmm. Yeah. Or maybe oh. he meant actual extra. I was thinking he was saying oh, extra like effort. Extra effort. That makes more sense. Yeah. That does make more sense. Neither of them are totally yeah. transitioned. But, but it's yeah, yeah, okay. a little strange. A little strange. Uh, number 11, don't rely on one person to make your career. It takes a village. So meet a village with different types of people. Luck can be a good part of doing well. And I said, let's discuss this. Well, what he's saying is, again, don't rely on your agent. That's what he's saying. And he's saying network. So to me, this seemed like a repeat almost or a little more specific. It's kind of networking. Build a big network of people that you can draw on so they can cast you, work with. You can cast them and your projects and, you know, all the way around. That's what I think he's saying. Do not rely on one person. And I've said this. Don't call your agent every day and go, why aren't I working? No. What are you doing? What are you doing to make your agent work for you easier? Yeah. Makes you way less attractive right. at, at, uh, or appealing when you need somebody else that much. And yes. they know that. So, yeah. like, when you have that one person yeah, that a... you're waiting for, you're not doing it, you just keep calling, and it's just not a good look. Yeah, not at all. Number 12, very interesting. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. He said, No one wants to be around a sick artist. And then he says, Stay away from negative people who put down your dreams, including family. Cultivate the positive. Very broad, I think, a life lesson, not necessarily an acting lesson. 
um, stay healthy, and he's obviously talking about mental health as well, and using negative people as something that it makes you quote unquote sick. You know, they're sick people because they're negative and bringing you down. Stay positive. Stay only support. Don't surround yourself with people who support you. For me, I was very lucky. I had a, a support from across the board. My dad and my mom were very different, but my dad was encouraging. My mom was too. Brothers and sisters, family, friends. I had all the encouragement in the world. That was never an issue for me. So same. Yeah, I lucky. I think it's different right? than understanding, but you don't have to get it. But you have to be supportive, or you cannot be in my life. Yeah, because if you're not, I have no room for that. Yeah, I'm so lucky. My mom, my dad, my siblings, my friends. Yeah, all were like all you supportive. Got this. Yeah. yeah. So so if you have, and he said, if you have a family that doesn't work with you on this, we're not. He's not saying, you know, cut them off a hundred percent, but but. Then don't discuss this with them. Minimize it as part of your interactions. Our our founders, Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menounos, talk about this all the time. Neither of their families were supportive at first, and they went a really long time without talking to That's either tough. of their families. And they just had to when hunker Mar- down. Huh? When Maria became a big star, uh, the apologies came in. We be- yeah. were so sorry, and sometimes that happens. But I don't know if she would have been able. She talks about this on her own show all the time. Okay, but I don't know if she would have been able to, um, su- you know, with succeed if she had kept unsupportive people in her life Absolutely. all of the time. She needed to follow the dream. I know some people who are definitely stuck in their life because these unsupportive people are surrounding them. So get away from them. Uh, Last one. And he said, the most important jealousy of others is a total waste of time and energy. What a great, again, I feel like that's more of a life lesson. Don't focus on what you're not getting because someone else is just, you know, and I used to do that. I'd get so frustrated about 10, 15 years ago. But then again, I was in a situation where I was around people that were negative. Uh, now I don't think about it at all. Uh, since meeting you, Sean, I don't know if I've ever said this to you. No. I use the word useful a lot more often because yeah. I think to myself, is this useful? Right. Is what I'm about to say useful? Is what I'm about to go to useful? Right. Is whatever. Is it useful? And, and it jealousy is, is not So not useful. useful. No. Not not useful. Not, not going to make me more successful to be jealous of somebody. A therapist friend of mine said it's it's drinking the poison meant for someone else. <laughs> I like that. And also, if you're going to be completely cynical about it, the best thing to do when somebody else is doing well is be close to them. Yeah, be close to them. Yeah, if you want to be. Yeah, you're right. And also and to want friends that are succeeding or kick, use it as a fire up your butt to you work harder. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I love those. So, what do you overall? What do you what do you think of Gary's tips? I think that a lot of these are feel a little common sensey. However, are really hard to practice. Right. So, I like looking at them and thinking about like really observing which of these am I doing? Which of these could I put more effort into right now? You right. know, and and making sure that just because something seems like okay, I can do that, but are you actually doing that? Right. You know. So, I think that. It's like uh, for me, the doctor said, drink a lot of water every day. Well, I don't drink enough. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's common yeah, sense common that you should drink water. I should drink a lot more but, water. Like, but these are the tips. And if you actually want to do it, like you said, Sean, even you, you're, you see, do a play and you're like, I really need to do a play. Again, yeah. You know? It's been a couple it's years. Been, yeah, yeah. So I got to do a play. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So I, I, I think it's a really good checklist, like just making sure. And when you mm-hmm. come to a stale and or, or a stall and you're like, 
what should I do? Looking at this and being like, eh, I haven't made a video with my friends and posted it in a while. Yeah. Let me do that one. Or, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, staying healthy. Mm, am I, is there anybody in my life that's being negative? Yeah. Got to get them yeah. away. Like, you got to check in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check, check them out. So uh, I will very briefly, working with Gary Marshall and Never Been Kissed, he was just larger than life. I mean, honestly, that was just it. He had such a presence because he had, he was like a godfather of entertainment anyway. And then he's just got this big, loud voice and, and attitude. And, and I did it last week, but it's my favorite line from Neverman because when he's like, wieners, we're at a baseball game. We need wieners. So funny. And that was fantastic. But and you said improv, right? Uh, yeah. And, um, my Henry Winkler story, Star of Happy Days, created by Gary Marshall. I was at Disney. I was standing outside of the room. I was looking at my sides. I was on, uh, waiting to audition for something. Looking at my sides, I saw him from the corner where I walked down that hallway, and I thought, oh, my God, that's Henry Winkler. I turned around, and next thing I know, he's right next to me. And he goes, hi. And I go, hi. And he goes, so how do you feel? And I goes, do you feel ready, relaxed? And I said, yeah, I, I think I feel pretty good. He goes, go have fun. And no, it's not the end of the world. But if you think it's if you think it's not the end of the world, then you'll have more fun and just relax and play. That's my advice. And I said, thank you so much. So I'm a huge fan. And he goes, oh, thank you. Very humble. Went out, literally went out of his way just to give some nice advice to an actor. Isn't that great? I think it's amazing. And I think it's amazing you took it that way, too. Yeah. Because I feel like some people standing there would not have been as happy about getting unsolicited advice. Well, he's... But it's Henry Winkler. He's, and, and he's also just have... I don't know. And you have a meeting of him, too. I do. But his warmth, you know what I mean? It's like infectious. His warmth is so loving that you it's hard to take totally. it offensive. What was your story? Uh, also, he was in... Um, uh, Ventures of Zero Buddy, which is Kevin Undergaro's movie. Okay. Um, so Kevin and him know each other. Okay. I met him on an airplane. Okay. In which I was convinced I was I was maybe like seventeen years old, right. and I was convinced that he was a guy named Phil Levoff, who was my old basketball coach. And Hilarious. I went up to him because you know when you can't fi- yeah 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 you can't yeah. place it. And so I went up to him and I said I went right up to him, Phil. Oh God, it's awesome. And he was like, we were at the airport. Um, no, and I said Phil Levoff. No. Phil Levoff, my basket, remember? Oh, my God. And you kept going. I'm going to say 15 minutes of me walking around. We get on the plane, by each other on the plane. I'm standing waiting. He's in the front. I'm not obviously not first class, but he's sitting in his first class. I'm walking by him, but the bags are taking a long time. So I'm standing there. I'm like, you really don't. You weren't my basket. And he was finally looked at me and goes, hey. And I was like, what? What? And he was like. The, you know me Did because the I'm the Fonz. Like, because he was, du- he was he like was so, so, so kind for the whole time. And was like, literally said, hey, you know me because I'm the Fonz. Oh, and, and I was were like, you mortified? Well, because obviously I watched the show. It all yes, clicked. But I, yes. Hilarious. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. and so that is how, that is how about I know it, He right? was so sweet. It was painful. I wish he had been a dick. Yeah, yeah, right. It would have been easier. I had followed him around uh, the entire oh, airport, no. Sean. <laughs> That's so good. No, I love that. No, that was the mass hole in me. That was I, I was like, no, this hole. is who you yeah. are. Yeah, you're, I know. For I some know reason, you you're are. lying about I know who, who you are. I know who you Why are. Why are you lying? Yeah, 100% followed him. Awesome. That's amazing. Yes, he's a wonderful Thank man. Thank you, Henry Winkler, for a, being so Another kind. quick story from him. They went, Fonz was so popular, episode year two or three, they said, we're going to change the show to the Fonz. He said, there's no way... We have Ron Howard here, who is a respected actor, as our lead. 
there is no way I am changing it. He told the network, absolutely not. You will not take that away. Yeah. And no, not many people would do that. So we have run out of time. So where do we find you, Roxy? Uh, not at the airport with Henry Winkler. You can no. find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Mr. Fantabulous. Everywhere at Jeffrey C. Actually, that's not true. On Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham and Instagram at Jeffrey Crane Graham. Uh, I am at that guy SMW on Instagram and Twitter. You can reach out for me for acting coaching, SeanWhalenBiz at gmail.com. Not accepting that many students right now, but if you want to give it a shot, that's fine. And then uh, you can find me on Facebook at SeanWhalenPeeps. Join that group and you'll get all caught up. So as always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.